Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Into Wine podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And I'm excited today to let you know that I've got a psychotherapist on the show. And her name is Marlise Testa. Welcome, Marlise. Oh, thank you for having me. So nice to be here today. Excellent. It's wonderful to have you on as well. And what I particularly about, like about the subject we're going to be discussing today is that we're going to be talking about the pitfalls of dating. So can you tell the listeners, Marlise, uh, why this is a subject that's come into your, I suppose, realm of knowledge and expertise currently? Well, <laughs> this is a long one, but yeah. <laughs> So, you know, everyone says, why, you know, why are my relationships failing? What is going on? Why can't I maintain a healthy relationship? I mean, if I could get a dime for every time I heard that, I'd be a very rich woman. <laughs> but yeah. um, so why? So, you know, basically our, our parents are our models and we, and they've been together forever, our parents. And if they weren't, maybe there was one unheard of divorce here or there, or maybe someone passed, but generally people, our parents were together. So our models were people together forever. And our era and our generation now, people are marrying one, two, three, four, five times. Um, maybe even 20 relationships in between. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> really don't really know how to kind of manipulate that or how to, how to go through that or what to do with that. So what's happening is all these people are having all these relationships. And then you talk to your friends and people are very quick to say, get divorced, very quick to say, break up. And they're also very quick to say, how do you get over a person as you get under another person? And that's not helping anybody with the healing process. What's happened is we forgot about that magic moment in between relationships. And we were never taught because like I just said, our parents were together forever. They never split. So there was never that, well, when you get out of one relationship, make sure you heal from it make sure you figure out what you want from your next relationship. So people are so, so quick to find someone else because they don't want to deal with the pain of, of heartache, which is something that we all are familiar with. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so crucial what you mentioned about having that, that time, in between relationships and not seeing that as you know oh uh, a, a time for thinking about oh I must get straight into a new relationship because I'm feeling lonely but see it as a time to think well what, what what lessons did I learn from my previous relationship or previous relationships that I probably need to address before then looking for a new relationship right exactly so in that golden time that might be the hardest time for us it's crucial to be on our own because when we get out of a relationship, our self-esteem is actually probably one of the poorest it's ever been, because not only are we going through heartache, we're numb, we have to rediscover ourselves, rediscover our new dreams, our paths. So that's a really good time to, to reflect on ourselves, figure out what we want from our lives again, figure out what, what happened in that relationship, take responsibility for what, what went wrong on your part, try to figure out your 
your um, non-negotiables and the things that you want moving forward, because it's kind of like dating is kind of like shopping, especially as you start dating more, you know more of what you want versus what you don't want. So a list is really important. And that's something that later, as we keep talking, I'm going to provide with you a strategy to get you back out there and started on what, how you could make your shopping list. Excellent. Love that. So to start off with, Ben, what um, would you suggest in terms of, for me, I suppose, I understand, and, and some people don't necessarily understand when, when they're actually in the single phase, that you don't need to see that as being a bad thing, because obviously, if you haven't healed some stuff, um, quite often what we do is then take all that baggage and hurt and heartbreak with us into our next relationship and end up with the same relationship but with a different person don't we a hundred percent that's exactly why my book is called stow your luggage because i thought luggage was a little bit classier than baggage baggage kind of has a negative negative <laughs> negative content to it but luggage sounds a little bit nicer and neater but yes a hundred percent so if we roll into each relationship what we're doing is we're taking all of the the issues from the relationship before and we're just rolling them into the next one. So if we don't heal in between, what we're doing is we're, we're actually um, punishing our next relationship person for the things that our other past exes have done to us. So, um, which isn't really fair, but I think that once again, it's that uncomfortable feeling of heartache that people wanna run from where being single and going through that is so important because what we really need is our friends and our family and people that love us to support us in that time. And being single is like you said, like it's kind of got a really bad name, but it's actually when you're on your own, it's like, it's the time of our life that we actually evolve and we figure out more of who we are and we grow internally. And it actually, we're supposed to have phases of our life that we evolve. And if we don't do that, we kind of get stuck. And then if we mm -hmm. get stuck, then it could kind of cause depressions or anxieties and different other things that will come out psychosomatically. So it is better to evolve and, and, and embrace the uh, that time where you're on your own, rediscovering who you are, which is a magnificent thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people are afraid to be single, I think, sometimes, you know, especially if they've been, you know, in a very long term relationship that suddenly ended. But, you know, I think, you know, speaking from personal experience, it can be a fantastic time, you know, to prepare yourself properly for a really healthy relationship next time around. A hundred percent. You know, a lot of times people, you know, they, they get used to having someone there. But at the end of the day, even when you're in a relationship, you're alone. You're your own human being. You do the, your own things. Uh, a lot of what I talk about in my book is like your self-esteem and your confidence. And I think that people, when they're in relationships, they forget that they're their own person and they're not doing the things that they need to do to keep themselves happy. And actually when you're single, you get very good at that. And then when you have a healthy relationship, you just, you're supposed to just integrate that in and you're two people that are living parallel, but are keeping their lives happy by doing their own things that keep them happy because it's not somebody else's job. It's yours. Absolutely. It's yours and yours alone. Yeah. I so. think we, we, we quite often, 
you know, fail to realise we need to take responsibility for creating our own happiness, don't we, rather than look to our, a partner to make us happy. Right. And I think that's when people fall into those patterns of thinking that that person made them happy because they don't want to feel that empty feeling. And then they go right back out trying to find someone else to make them happy. And that's not really the answer. Nobody can make you happy, but you, this is your own journey and who you pick to have with you on this journey is who you pick. Not, not making it, not like they're coming in and making your journey. You're making your journey. I think people forget that they're on their own path and, and they should pick and that you should be the one selecting your next healthy person. They shouldn't be selecting you. Mm, absolutely. Know your own value, know your own worth. And these are all things that we can work on, can't we, um, you know, in the single phase <laughs> between relationships. Exactly. No, and, and I think that it's something that once you get good at, you should be always doing it. We always have to work on ourselves. We're never, like, we always want to strive to be better internally. How do we, you know, it's kind of like people on New Year's always talk about their New Year's resolutions. How am I going to be a better person? But we should do that all the time. Like, how mm. am I going to be better alone or in a relationship, you know, career-wise, better to my friends, better to family, better to people? How do I help people more? So mm. it's good to better yourself. On a regular. Absolutely. It's a continuous journey that never ends. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so it should be all the time, like you said. So in terms of a strategy going forward, then, uh, to avoid the pitfalls of dating, Marlies, what, what, what's your um, tips for that? Well, to avoid them, first of all, it's kind of like what we're talking about. So the pitfalls are that people aren't healing. And the pitfalls are people aren't finding themselves in getting a good sense of self-worth before they go out there. So those two things, if you have those in check, so if you, if you stop, evolve, and take care of yourself and self-care and get you where you need to be, your self-esteem and worth will be higher. And then you're going to be able to start shopping off your really healthy list and you're going to be able to see other healthy people out there and find healthy partners. So um, those are the two things that need to be in line. One, you need to evolve and know what you learned and what you want. And two is you have to have a good sense of self, a good, good confidence level. And can you give examples for both those things? Sure. So, um, so like I mentioned before, like giving you, so one of the things I suggest to like all of my clients or whoever is ready or starts to formulate, they, they're working on themselves to make a list of what they want in, from their future partner. What is the top 10 things that you want from your partner? And to really think about that list, because there are certain things that you probably don't need as much as another, but you know what you want on that list because you've been through 900 relationships. <laughs> and what, what examples could you give to get somebody started, you know, if they were struggling with that? Right. So it might be um, the list might have on it um, somebody who's into intelligent. Now, some people like people who are intellectual. Some people like people who are street smart. Some people like, you know, it depends on how you want to navigate that. Because remember, there is, you know, your list is going to be for you. Um, on that list could be somebody who is honest, somebody who's reliable, somebody who's stable, maybe somebody who's health conscious. You know, as we get older, 
and we're going to be putting our, um, our life into somebody else's hands. We want to know that we're investing in somebody who's healthy and that goes to the doctor and that maybe takes care of themselves. So that starts to become more important as we get older. Um, on the list could be somebody who, um, who has drive, you know, maybe somebody wants somebody who, who's not laying around, you know, and getting Uber eats all day, but you know, <laughs> someone might like that too. Someone might like smoker. Would be a good one, wouldn't it? What? A non-smoker. Non-smoker. Right. So, and that, and that, that also could go on. I also tell people to create a 10 non-negotiable list. So like, you know what you don't want, like for sure. Like we know what we don't, what we want, but we also know what we don't want. So let's just say like a non-smoker is on the non-negotiable. Like if someone smokes, that's it. I don't want them. Or if somebody is a drug addict, I don't think I really want that. Or if somebody is a gambler or if somebody is, um, somebody could say lazy or what is your ideas? Well, um, I suppose um, heavy drinker. Right. Somebody who's a heavy drinker, you know, somebody who might have an anger issue, somebody who might um, not be a family person. Somebody might really want on their list, somebody who's a family person. And then they know that they don't want someone who's an isolated, not family or not social person. So these are all things to think about on the list, on the non-negotiable list. When you start dating, if they have any of those non-negotiables, they're out. And those are things that you might want to ask them quickly because they're the non, they're like the out, you don't waste your time. Remember two of the most important things in life are your health and your time. You can't get back your time. So if you are out with someone and, and they already clicked some of those non-negotiables, I, I, I don't know why you'd want to go out with them. So the other list is the things that you're looking for. So you want to try to find the things on your list of what you want, but I also narrow it down. So I make it more complicated for you. So after you make the 10 things of what you want, I say circle the five must have. So you're kind of like really getting the things that you want, because if the list is 10, then we're going to, it's fantasy land. I mean, we're not going to find a perfect person out there. So we don't want to be in any delusional world that like, you know, we might end up finding a person who is cute, but they have great conversation and they're honest and they're trustworthy. And, and those are the things on the list. They don't have to be knockout gorgeous. They just have to be cute. We have to find attraction in something. So we have to figure out how to like gauge that list where we can kind of know what, you know, where to, where to let go and where to hold on. So if there's five, it's more likely you'd find a person with the five than it would be with the 10. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And also, I think, fortunately, I think for most, for the most part, my experience is that women are, are less sort of visual than men. So men do tend to go on uh, physical looks more, I, I feel, in my experience, rather than women. Women tend to, tend to in general, um, obviously looks are important, but um, they do tend to go on how a man makes them feel more rather than, you know, the, the physical attributes. Right. I agree. There is, um, men are more visual and women are, emo are more emotional, but there are some men that are more emotional and women that are yes. more visual. Yeah. They say it takes seven minutes for a guy to find, to see if the, he likes a woman and it takes 22 women, 22 minutes for a woman to see if she likes a guy. So I always say if you have a meet and greet, so like if you meet someone online or through a friend that you go out for 25 minutes, set your, set your phone 
clock because that's all you need to know <laughs> is if you like someone or not. Because we need 22 minutes because we're digging. We're like, are you funny? Are you witty? Are you kind? And men know in seven minutes, like they could be out the door in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's also um, what during dating, I, I like to stress as well, that it's very important not to feel rejected, you know, for if you don't get asked on a second date, but you actually like the guy, you know, just see it as he's doing you a favor, because if he's not into you, he's, le he's leaving you free to find the one that is. Right. A hundred percent. I call that dodging the bullet. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, not everyone's going to like us. So, and, and, you know, we're not going to like everybody. So it's kind of like Murphy's law. Like the, there might be a couple that we like them and they don't like us or they like us and we don't like them and it's all okay. It just means that that's not our person. So, and they, people do us a favor if they tell us quickly, it's not the one thing I don't like is when people ghost or drag people along because they're, they're afraid of confrontation and they don't want to hurt your feelings. And it's like, that's the stuff that really is annoying. <laughs> yeah. So it's and, people tell people right away. Yeah. And uh, like I say, just learn to manage any sort of triggering emotion around it. Don't see it as rejection. Just see it as an opportunity to, to move on and uh, meet the one that is going to be into you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. We don't have time for that. So nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the other pitfalls of dating then, Marlies, that you come across when, you know, when you're working with clients? Well, another one is communication. Those cell, those cell phones are really evil. <laughs> yes. Aren't they just? <laughs> I'm in, so, know, yeah, so a world of uh, watching screens, haven't we, all the time? Oh, I know it's, it's really, it's, it's creating like a, like a nice level of ADD for everybody, I think. Cause it's like, everyone's like squirrel, 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 you know, things are binging, banging. You don't know what's going to bing next. So, yeah. So basically I think people are using text messages in the wrong way. So, you know, obviously the younger generations more so than the older generations, but I'm not going to generalize because I think that, I think that everybody likes the idea that they could hide behind their phone. So there are people who will get mad at you or people who will have something to say to you and they will text it and you'll get these like dissertations on your text message <laughs> where a text is for, hey, I'm running late or call you later or um, you want to get a drink or dinner or, you know, quick little, it's kind of like a message in between, they invented that's in between like a, a phone and a beeper, you know, back in the day when we had beepers <laughs> and then they made the text, you know, then they made the phone with the text and that's kind of supposed to be like a quick way to say something, not dissertations on how you feel or how somebody made you angry. And it's really hard to read those because you don't, there's no emotion and it's really hard. You can misunderstand those anyway. Yeah. It's so very, a pitfall is, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to agree with you and just say that, you know, it's so easy to misunderstand the written word, isn't it? Because you don't know what tone of voice it's been written in, you know, and it, it's it's really uh, a minefield to sort of, like you say, um, navigate and advise people around because really, like, like you just said, it, it should be short, sweet messages, not anything that's um, a whole story around something because there is so much room for them to that be taken out of context right so it's usually if you have something to say to something somebody 
especially if it's emotional, it should be like, Hey, could we talk later? Could we set up a time to meet or talk? So trying not to do that. I think when people get upset and our emotions take over, which is something that we should learn when we're evolving <laughs> is how to like, remember to keep our emotions in check. And that our brain is above our heart for a reason, because it's supposed to be controlling what we do and that we should not text all that information out because it's just like a vomit all over the phone. And then the other person gets it. And a lot of times I will tell you, I would say 90% of the time that I have someone telling me about it, if it'd be a friend, a family member or a client, it ruins the whole relationship. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, technology is a beautiful thing and a marvelous invention, but in other ways, <laughs> it's a minefield, isn't it? It really is. Uh, I went to a convention a couple of weeks ago and a, a woman was saying there that, you know, technology is all the way up here. So like I'm pointing to above my head and our brains are here and that we're not really that we're not really capable of processing as fast as the technology is. So, you know, that's why we're kind of like I say, AD, ADD, because we're just I don't think that we're we're, we're not supposed to be using our brains to that capacity it's like over us over our heads yeah I yeah I agree again you know the thing is it's we've become a a bit of a disposable society haven't we and um it's it's um in this day and age it's instant gratification all the time isn't it yeah it's scary but it's true it is really really true like you said you know, our, our brains weren't designed to sort of consume stuff at such a such a pace. <laughs> right. And then it goes back to dating because dating now is like picture right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. I mean, how are you supposed to pick your person by like swiping? I mean, it's like whatever happened to like regular meeting people. It just, it just it gets so much more complicated than it needs to be. So that's why what I tell people to use when they do use online dating to really like slow it down and just if you maybe look at five people, read their whole profile and then just try not to swipe. That's great advice. I love that. So anything else that you would like to share in terms of information around what are other pitfalls of dating? Well, we could be here all day, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, like those are my main, those are my main ones. I mean, technology is really big. Your self-esteem and your confidence is really big. And the healing part, I mean, I'm really going to emphasize on people really not taking that time. Um, And if you want help doing that, um, you know, like my book is coming out, it could help you. You could reach out to me and I could help you. But I think people really need to, the takeaway is really to, to think about what we're talking about here and to really think about have they ever really taken that time and really evaluated their patterns and where they're at in their life as far as relationships and maybe them figuring out all of that information would put them into a better mindset. And what do you think would be something that you could give as um, uh, a piece of information right this minute around something they could implement straight away that would help somebody on this journey? Well, depending on where somebody was at. So let's just assume that we're talking to people that are single. So other than that, making that list from one to 10 um, and, um, you know, working on themselves. So making a list, you know, 
probably would be a good idea would be not only making that list of non-negotiables and making that list of what they want and circling the top five, having an idea of their shopping list, but would be to like sit down and actually write all their relationships down since they were like 10. No, I'm kidding, not 10. <laughs> all their relationships starting at like, you know, whatever, high school and trying to, you know, write, you know, write their name, right? How long they were with this person, right? You know, who broke up with who, um, pros and cons, a pro and a con of the relationship. So that could be like, oh, I dated Billy. I dated him for two years in high school. Billy was super fun and supportive, but he got really mad at me and yelled at me a lot. And I didn't really like that, that he had that, um, just, he had that, you know, kind of like anger or temper, um, he didn't really deal with conflict well. So I, I don't really, so I would put that on a list. So like moving forward, I would make sure that that's on my non-negotiable list, somebody who can handle conflict and doesn't yell. But then I also, I really liked that he was supportive and that he was fun. So that would probably go on something that I would want. And then, um, then you go to the next person. Um, you know, also you could say, what did that person teach you? So like a lot of times in our lives, you know, we reason season or a lifetime. I kind of believe in that because there's billions of people in the world and people are brought in our lives for all different reasons. Like sometimes you might've had a divorce and you were with somebody for a year and they were really substantial to you getting back on your feet. They might've not been your forever person, but they really helped you heal. They were like a really good friend and helped you heal in that time. So maybe that was a, a healer person even though you should be on your own, but I'm just, we're going backwards. So, yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, it's trying to figure out why these people were in your lives, what you learn from them, what you could, what's your takeaway. Um, and while you do this, you can start to see patterns too. Like, Oh wow. Everybody broke up with me. Why is everybody breaking up with me? Like, <laughs> or like, you know, um, like everybody here had a temper. Why is that? Why do I keep on going for everybody that has a temper or like, um, everybody seemed unstable or everybody seemed, you know, I mean, it, it just, it just starts to get you to see your own patterns. And like I said, like, if it's difficult for you to do it on your own, you could find a psychotherapist like myself and they could do a thing called an imago with, which you, with you, which is basically we marry our mom and dad and we do create patterns because usually we go for attributes of our parents because it's what we, what was modeled to us. And um, we could do the patterns with you and we could create, all of that so that you could see what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing in order to create a new healthy mindset when you go back out dating next. And my biggest tip is everyone that goes out dating should pick. They should not let someone pick them. You need to go off your list and you need to be the one shopping. You need to be the one who's saying, I like this. I like this. I like this. Not, oh, he picks me and he likes me. And I guess that's good. We'll see how that goes. No, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, because we, we, we set our own standards, don't they? Don't we around uh, what we will and won't accept? Right. I mean, you know, you could be an easygoing person, but you can't be that easygoing. Not if you want a healthy, lasting, vibrant relationship. You, you are your best um, steering wheel or navigator. I mean, you know, like, it's kind of like we're our own superhero. I mean, we figured out what we want. That's what's so great about the society and us having multiple relationships is that we now know really what we want, what we don't want. So now that we know what we want, we have to go out and get it. It might take longer. You might be single longer, but it's worth it because when you find it, you're going to have that person forever. And that's worth the wait. 
Yeah, absolutely. Rather than keep, like we mentioned before, dating somebody that might be different to your previous partner, but basically they've got the same traits and therefore the relationship doesn't last anyway. Right. That's what I call rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> rinse and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, Marlies, um, finally, what is your best contact information for members of the audience that would like to reach out and get in touch with you? Well, I ask people to go on to my Stow Your Luggage When Dating website. That is the name of my book. And on there is a form you could fill out with your name and your, uh, and your email address and information. And this way I can get your information and you can sign up for my monthly, um, my monthly newsletter. And I also am going to put out there for the first 10 people that fill out that form, I'm going to give a giveaway to. So something that has to do with my book. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that. Very, very grateful. And uh, thank you on behalf of our listeners. So, yeah, I hope they uh, jump on that and uh, get their gift and uh, get in touch. So finally, Melise. I'd like to say thank you very much for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed the conversation and uh, hope to have you on again in the near future. Well, thank you for having me, Lynn. It was wonderful meeting you and I loved our conversation as well. And hopefully our guests learned a little bit and they'll end up going out there and finding their healthy, vibrant partners. Excellent. So it just leads me to say true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.